0: And he muted his mic and I cannot hear the music. Here with the boys. Here, boys. Here with the boys. Meet the boys. See, he mutes his mic.
1: So we can't hear
0: the music and he thinks it's going to throw us off our game or something and ask less difficult questions or something. That's what I'm, that's my understanding off of this right here. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it is we're recording this on Tuesday, December 22nd. And uh, if you saw our Instagram and Facebook posts earlier today, Santa Claus has some special gifts for uh, for all of you. These next two weeks, we are digging deep. And we are going to put ourselves on the hot seats these next two weeks. Us and our trusty co-host, Sammy the Shark, Sammy the Minnow, whatever he's picking any given day, uh, are going to interview whoever is uh, whoever flipped the coin. And this week, the person on the hot seat is uh, the beloved scooter. He's on the hot seat. We're going to learn about his life. We're going to learn his story the history of BWTB and all the above. So, did I miss anything there, Sammy? No, let's get into it. Okay, there we go. We're not wasting any time. So, without further ado, we bring on the guest of the week, the happy hour guest, Scooter McGavin. How the hell are you?
1: I'm good. That was a very lackluster introduction, but it's fine. I didn't get 15 titles like everyone else, but hey, it's all right. Um and that wasn't to to throw you off your game. That was literally just to make it feel more official for myself, so
0: So as to put you on your game.
1: Yeah, to put me get okay. me in the zone. Well,
0: all right. Fair enough. Well, you know, if you want a title, uh host, co host, uh editor, publisher Keep going. Um Social Media Manager. Social media well. Sometimes social media manager depends on the what day of the week. <laughs> part time, part time social media manager, uh, caretaker of the mascot in Lacey, and basement dweller in football picks. Basement dweller in football picks, <laughs> the bottom feeder. I was um, doing
1: just fine until you showed up, Sam. Just fine. <laughs> you got to switch the whole thing up on me, which so we'll yeah. Get
0: we, we'll get into that. When we have our them show. But this week, even though it is a holiday week and even though next week's a holiday week, we're still gonna get you three episodes a week, all on the regular days, regular scheduled programming. It's just fucks with our production and our, our recording. So first question the question everybody is wondering, what the hell are you drinking?
1: Kirkland Brand Vintage 2017. That was a good year. That was a good year. Uh, Chardonnay. Because I Did opened it a whole bottle of that. Yeah. Because it was like, I drank some of it yesterday, and I got yelled at to have to finish most of it today, so.
0: How far how far along are you
1: here? I don't know. It's half?
0: That's a family-sized bottle.
2: You, you're drinking it with some ice and a little skinny cigarette?
1: Yep. Out of my Yoda <laughs> mug. Baby Yoda mug. <laughs> Good God. That's what All I'm right. drinking. It. It's Wine's too damn easy to drink, I tell you. It will. It's just grape juice, oh. and then all of a sudden you're drunk. So, good times.
0: But how much have you had
1: today? <laughs> well, this is my first glass. So. Okay,
0: so we're just getting into it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Sammy, what Here's are you drinking? What are you bringing to the table?
1: Um, I bought myself
2: a little uh, birthday whiskey yesterday, or two days ago, and um, and I got a Maker's Mark uh, 46, which is uh, one of their varieties that they uh, age a little bit extra with some french oak staves and it's delicious
0: all right are we on the rocks are we neat
2: um we drank it neat yesterday we poured a bigger glass today so we have some rocks
0: okay all right what are you drinking and, uh and i am going uh full white woman on a diet i'm drinking a gin and tonic today some aviation gin um i have been at least buzzed every day of break so far, so thought I would throw my body something different, a little bit lighter today. Um, I typically don't drink on Tuesdays, um, sometimes, and uh, so I'll, I'm I'm going with gin, and uh, it's not bad. Aviation gin. Ryan Reynolds is the the marketing guy or something for it mascot. I don't know if person can be a mascot spokesperson. That's the word I'm looking for, and uh, yeah,
2: it's not bad. Do you prescribe to the to the school of thought that if it's clear liquor, it doesn't count as drinking?
0: Yes, absolutely. Right. Unless it's moonshine, cool. or Everclear, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's it's. You know, I'm just rehydrating today and getting ready for the for the holiday week ahead of us. But yeah, that's what I'm drinking. It's good. We'll see. I'm getting gin drunk tonight. We'll see how that is. It's been a long time. But uh, what questions do you got, Sammy? Let's let's get it going here.
2: I think, you know, first, I'm not, you know, I've, I've listened to, I would say, I'd say a good 50% of the of the episodes you guys have put out over the last year or so. And um, I don't know if this has ever been addressed, but I, I just, I'd like to kind of fill in the gaps of everyone else's knowledge of um, how, how'd you get here, Germ? Like, well, we know you guys went to school together, two, two original hosts, and um, but how'd you Choose the college you did. What you know? What happened before that, and what happened after college? What's your story?
1: So way back when, May of nineteen ninety-three, I came out. Um, yeah. So basically, my college head first ch- or C-section. C-section. Nice. Weird question, to ask, but all right. <laughs> Actually, there's not not that weird of a question. There's science behind stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So how I chose my I chose Lakeland um, is I was basically choosing a school based on their wrestling team because every school you go to has the best uh, education program you ever heard of. Uh, That's what I wanted to go into and study. Um, The amount of times I've heard we have one of the best uh, education programs out there is ridiculous. I tell you, everyone says it's like the best cup of coffee in the world. Everyone has the best education program in the world. Um, So yeah, that, that kind of like went out the window because everyone's saying there's is so good like whatever uh, makes sense um, but the one thing that uh, really sold me about Lakeland um, was when I did visit for like wrestling and different things like that um, it didn't seem like it was a used car salesman trying to sell me this college um, telling me it's going to run real good for for at least another 10 years nothing like that it was just them kind of showing the school and really not trying to sell me too hard on it, um, which is something that I appreciated because there's nothing more intimidating than going on your first college visit with your mom um, and wandering around a school in the winter to a place you've never been. So um, being able to just kind of see the school and not have to fully be sold on it was a really great part. And then especially once, um, like I visited their wrestling, I think the conference meeting at Concordia that year, um in 2011 or yeah because uh, that's when I graduated um so I've visited I had I was hurt um and some of the conversations kind of stopped with other coaches um, not like I was some highly touted recruit from Illinois but um, I had a bit of a name for myself back then and um just being able to see how the team interacted with each other in that kind of setting is something you don't really get everywhere um and just knowing like being able to meet the guys prior to um having them come up and say like hey what's up how's your shoulder things like that just kind of getting to know me was a big part and yeah that was about the rest of it and back then when the coach was there coach derone great dude um definitely was a huge part of me choosing lakeland as well because he was just honestly just the most genuine coach that i've met throughout like that recruiting process and um yeah, the rest was kind of history with that. I did look, there's two other schools that were pretty up there um, Luther College out in Iowa. Um, a family friend of ours, I grew up wrestling with, he went there. Um, so we had a little bit of a connection there. And then Elmhurst College, which is like 15 minutes away from home, um, which was kind of ruled out because the coach wasn't the greatest there <laughs> and didn't really follow up with any of the recruitment stuff or like getting to meet him and do different things like that. So. Yeah, it led me to Lakeland where I I did that. Was that was that the whole question? Did I get it all in there.
2: Uh, no, I think that's a a really good start and I um and I, I think what's really interesting is I mean, we've talked about, you know, your your journey through college and there's been many a story that's been told in this podcast, whether truthfully or not. Um true. we'll leave that for another day. Uh but you've uh y- you've you've done a lot since Lakeland. Um, yeah. and you've, I, I think you've, um, from the outside, you know, looking in, um, I, you know, college Germ was, was a really cool person. And one thing, but you've, you've really know, transformed into a, a completely, I would not say different person, but I would say you've, you've just transformed into a, uh, a, a, a better version of yourself. And I say fairly quickly, and I guess if you could walk us through what, uh, what you've done since college and your kind of, um, your growth since college. And that'd be interesting for the, for the listeners.
1: Dang, putting me on the spot talking about growth. Um, yeah. Uh, so one thing I kind of forgot to mention in the other part, which or the first part of that question, um, that I think kind of helps answer this question. Um, so I was a first generation college student, one of the first people in my family to graduate school from a four year degree and earn my bachelor's. Um, And that journey alone, not really having that kind of, like, person in my family to tell me about college and stuff, and me just kind of going out there and winging it, um, definitely kind of helped form who I was in college, Um, because if you you knew me in college, I was kind of a crazy person. Um, I was quiet, shy, awkward, but catch me in the right light, I was a crazy person, (laughs) to put it lightly. And um, yeah, I think... Like That person that I was in college kind of grew into more of, more of an outgoing, confident person that, um, that really helped me after school um, because I graduated with a biology degree. And unless you're planning to go to grad school, you can't really do anything with a biology degree. Uh, it's just a piece of paper that's there that says you graduated college. So I really had no, no idea what I was going to do. I just started working right away, I picked up a, a job at a moving company. And kind of just started grinding it out from there. And I was working two jobs while coaching wrestling, so pretty much three jobs. Um, And then on top of that, trying to, like, boost my GPA for grad school and different things like that. Um, But, yeah, so I think I had to grow up pretty fast after graduating college uh, because you get to have fun and there's less responsibilities, especially when you're kind of in school. You just have to worry about school, your grades and uh keeping your mental health all right and um that was definitely something that i had to to re-figure out once i got out of school um because i was living we were, me and um j-dog jake whatever whatever the hell we're calling him today um but we uh we lived together like so after sophomore year every day like for two two the last two years of college um even the summers and everything we were roommates um so we, it was kind of a no-brainer for us to, to live together. Um, at that time, we were both... Uh, well, he was still dating his now-wife, Hannah. Um, I was dating another girl that was at Stevens Point, so we didn't have anyone else to live with. Um, so we ended up uh, to moving in together, and um, something that we'll definitely talk about in the next episode, the different cross-examination episode, is uh, we both kind of went through some, some changes there. Uh, I was like more of a... A uh, blue collar, hard working, nose to the grindstone guy, and uh, our buddy j Dog over here was was being—I don't know what persona that was at the time—but he was working with the Bucks, doing uh, doing that kind of stuff out in Milwaukee. Um, and like it was kind of in that time where I kind of really had to figure out what the hell I was going to do next, because working two jobs, waiting tables, and at a moving company was not not at all what I wanted to do at that time. I mean, sure it was paying the bills, and I guess I was staying in pretty good shape doing that, but it wasn't for me, um, and I knew that. So, um, it I started applying to different jobs. Uh, I think I applied to Lakeland like twice in that time period, just trying to get get something um, that was more related to something I wanted to do. Because I figured out I wanted to work uh, as some sort of like education or case management, where I'm working with people trying to trying to make a difference in communities, either in Milwaukee in port washington and sheboygan anywhere i could um that's really where my passion was with teaching uh was to kind of be in those different areas and actually work with people to to kind of re to to use my passion in a positive way because i know um another my whole different wormhole i could go down um with like inner city schools and different funding like that there's they just need those passionate people and that's really where uh my passion was driven from for that because i had some pretty awesome teachers in that time um, but then I was introduced to College Possible through, uh, J-Dog, uh, once he was actually back working at Lakeland, um, and that was kind of it. That was really, like, the, the big stepping stone for me, um, where I was able to really, like, dive into something that, like, I, I wanted to do, and I think that was definitely one of the coolest places that I could have done it, um, because the, I went in, I was the first, like, I I was the first year of a position that was just created. So there's no written rules of how this was supposed to be done. We kind of just figured it out on our own and got to be creative. And that was something that really, like, helped me. And then um, doing another term of service, uh, and if you're not familiar with AmeriCorps, it's basically like the Peace Corps, but strictly in American borders, doing different work in different communities. uh, And you get paid pretty much nothing (laughs) to do that job, but you get There's a couple other perks which are pretty cool, but um, yeah, like being able to do that um, was definitely a huge, a huge way for me to kind of grow professionally and find out like I could do this because I really, really got that chance to like figure out what I wanted to do and I guess I'm still a 27 year old who doesn't know what the hell he wants to do, but that definitely helped me push me in the right direction.
0: there we go i'm muting because my cat is on another freaking level today um but that's the, that's the life story right there as, as far as we're aware and obviously there's a lot more that we could get deeper in and maybe we will but um throughout yeah, let's let's talk let's talk this so you came to lakeland as, a, as an education major your your yeah. goal Mm-hmm. When you step foot on that campus and when you're looking at schools, be a high school biology teacher, wrestling coach, the whole nine yards right there. Um, and what was it, junior year, senior year? One of the Probably around or,
1: sophomore year, if I, if I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And pretty much got faced with the fact that that wasn't as much of a possibility as we wanted it to be at that time. Um, not because it wasn't possible, but because it was going to add – a couple more semesters if not years uh to uh to graduation and that's you know not something that anybody wants to do either um so at that time that's when we were living together and that's when we were we were roommates um and at that point very you know close not new roommates or anything we were we were pretty close at that time um from my point of view although it was upsetting. It came across as nothing really ever missed a beat. Um, it was just back at it, and and you know at least you know the the persona that was brought up is that you know we're just on to the next thing. We're you know, moving forward, and whether it hurt or not, um, we, we we ain't gonna dwell on it. And I think that in our lives together was the first moment of me seeing your resilience. I know there were plenty of opportunities before that, that I didn't get a personally witness when, when it was happening um, of resilience, but talk about that, that moment uh, a little bit more and, and sort of where that resilience comes from and, and just how, how you responded to it and, and how it, you know, got you to the success that you're at now.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so not to put blame on anyone or anything like that, but, uh, being like first generation college student where people were, I, the only people I had or knew to trust were the people on campus. Um, especially when talking about different things, like what's my next step, what should I do here? And, um, in that time, I didn't necessarily have the, the best academic advisor, um, that suited what my goals were. Um, because you have to, you have to get into the education program before you like got that new academic advisor to help you with those next steps. Um, no, that's what it was. It's no, what I'm, it was.
2: I'm shaking my head. Of it. I, I didn't like that system. Okay. It turned a okay. lot of people, like potentially very good teachers, away from the education field. That that kind of gatekeeping is becoming less and less a thing.
1: Yeah. So that was. Um... Definitely a, a major thing that kind of helped me change my mind about where I wanted to go. Um, the main thing that really, like, I guess was eye-opening or, or put that big roadblock up that I just wasn't gonna be able to get past without extra years or extra money or a- extra whatever at that time was the damn Praxis test. Now, I, if you know me, I'm not a good test taker. Um, school for me has always been just a struggle in general with different things from staying focused or... Um, being able to study or prepare, because those were just things that I never had like the opportunity to to observe done well <laughs> in my home growing up. Um, which is no shot at my parents or anything. They were both busy. Uh, a lot of other things going on when I was younger as well. Um, that just didn't really instill great school habits for myself. And If I could go back, I'd kick myself in the head and be like, hey, study harder. Um, but yeah, the Praxis test was one of the main things that really just put the wall up because it's like 150 dollars to take and i took it twice i passed all but one section twice it was the same section i failed on it was the writing portion they they i think they they just wanted my money more um because i took it twice i figured oh was kid will take it a third time um, but i've missed it like by one or two points both times and at that point it was just like this isn't worth it anymore um i just need to get my degree and get out of here um because along the way I met some really, really freaking awesome people at Lakeland that, that kind of opened the door and taught me more about like higher education and what the hell I could actually do with just having a bachelor's degree. Um, I think that was something that made me excited, more excited about like continuing on and trying to find that next thing. Um, as for like the resilience side, uh, there was definitely a a big oh shit moment in there where I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do next. I'm panicking. Um, but it was just something that I kind of kept under the, under the surface for a lot of the time. Um, and the more, like the older I got, I was like this, I shouldn't be doing this. I need to find someone to talk to and different outlets. And I was able to do that with, um, I don't know if she listens, but Whitney, she was probably one of my favorite people at Lakeland. If it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have gotten my degree like that's 100% honest Um, because she was a person that I would go to every day like like the last semester of sophomore year all the way to me graduating Um, I'd be in her office like every day if it was talking about something goofy or talking about something serious but um, she was definitely that like huge support system throughout that that really helped along with um, you Jake Um, you were there as well Uh, and just having that kind of support system where. I was able to, to fail, but not be judged for failing. Um, and that was such a cool moment because, you know, like, especially when you're so engulfed in sports that like failure is such a huge part of it and you just don't want to (laughs) fail and it sucks when you lose. Um, it sucks when things don't work out for you, but once you have that kind of support and openness to you not getting to where you wanted to get that first try, it's a great feeling. And I think that's something that that has really stuck with me since like that defining moment of what the hell I'm going to do with my, the rest of my life.
2: I I don't want to ask a cache question um, that deals with like, how did wrestling help you build resiliency (laughs) or confidence or blah, blah, blah. But um, I do want to know, because I think it's a, it, it people that know about, wrestling or like know the impact it has had on a lot of youth understand it um I don't want to pretend like I'm one of those people but I I there's a lot of people in my life that have been impacted by wrestling positively and so I feel like I I'm not a not completely an outsider um but I guess I I want to know uh, more about the impact you had on 16 17 18 year olds in milwaukee when you're working for college possible and what kind of lessons you took from wrestling to help you um engage and help those kids um reach their potential or reach their ceiling at that one point point in their lives um that you were helping them try to get to
1: um yeah that's a good question (laughs) um to be to be totally honest, um, the book was kind of thrown out, out the window. Um, true story. Uh, when I started my second term of service, I was a senior coach. So I had a cohort of 37 students at the time. Um, and we got a list of names and phone numbers. We had to contact them and just kind of check in, see how things were going before school started. Um, let them know I'm going to be their senior coach. Um, and the first person on my list, the name was, uh, spelled D-A-L-I-N. Um, and I was like, oh, this, this, this person's name is Dalin. Um, and I call him up. I go, hi, is this Dalin? Sounding like the whitest dude I've ever, ever sounded like in my entire life. Um, he goes, no, this is Dalin. So I'm like, oh shit, totally just fucked up your name, um, I don't know how I'm going to recover from this, but he was super cool about it. And that's kind of like that moment where I was like, there's no rules to this. There's no perfect way to really affect these students. Um, But there were some things that I could take away from wrestling. And I had like a little bit of coaching experience during my time at Lakeland um, with some of the local high schools or helping out with camps and different things like that. Um, But I guess the, the one thing that I took away from wrestling, especially with, um, with coach Daron uh, as the coach was just being extremely positive and always trying to work for that next thing. So if something didn't work out, say they didn't get into that dream school that they had, or, uh, it just seemed like too much at the time. Cause there's like, these students were dealing with a hell of a lot of stuff that like normal people can't deal with working two jobs, trying to support their family, taking care of siblings, all these different things where, it just made like going to school so it so insurmountable. Um, and something that I just tried to do every time was just, just be, be human and be positive and try to work towards that next thing, no matter what it was like. And that, I think that really helped, um, get past like that. Like I'm a white dude. I was working in a predominantly, uh, African-American school. Um, and a lot of the time, like, I'm just a goofy white dude that's showing up at this inner city Milwaukee school and, like, being able to relate on a different level than, like, hey, I'm here to help you was something that took a lot of time to get over and, or get through, get past. And, um, like, just knowing, like, with my experiences with coaches, just, like, always working towards that next thing um, and just, like... Oh, I I lost this one. Like this student thought I was a, a doofus for saying this one thing. Got to get past it. Got to work towards that next time I get to talk to him or her, and to build that relationship. And I think that's something that wrestling really helped me with, because um, you hear it all the time when you when when you're watching football, guys got to have short memories. You know, throw an interception. Got to get back out there that next drive and and play and perform. And in wrestling, that's like super relevant because, like, you can lose a big match. And you, you got to get ready for the next one no matter what. Like you, you can't sit back and, and, and not want to do it anymore because you, you put all this work in. So um, knowing that and just being able to be super positive and kind of have that short memory when it comes to like messing up different words or saying things weird or saying something like that doesn't relate to them. It just you just got to get past it, and like my first time meeting a lot of them, like that first after school session was probably the most awkward thing. I got called awkward by at least 12 of them, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this is gonna be a long year. No, these students are gonna like me, but just being able to to move past that and get right back at it was something that definitely helped me. And that is something that wrestling kind of instilled because by the end of the year, um, Jake can attest to this because he visited. I could barely get these students out of this room to like go to class because they just didn't want to leave. Just wanted to hang out have a good time and just like talk about their futures and stuff. And it was really awesome. Um, so yeah, just being able to like short memory, stay positive and always trying to find that next thing to work towards. Um, I think really helped me in that position.
2: Mm. I think sometimes you're awkward, like not just your awkwardness, i like the collective, your like awkwardness in general can be like, deflating like internally but Mm -hmm. sometimes it can really communicate your like vulnerability or like you're like wanting to like um help or engage and some and so sometimes like i always think like oh man you really flubbed that or you know whatever the situation (laughs) is and uh but sometimes if you're on the opposite side and you're and and someone is awkward to you or but you understand their intentions like it can mean that they're vulnerable and they, they really care and so I, I i think perhaps maybe some of those kids latched on to you because uh that initial awkwardness you know kind of communicated that hey i i don't know you know i i, I i'm not pretending to know where you're coming from and but we're all going to work towards the same goal here and and maybe that that helped a little bit
1: yeah, being an awkward person for 27 years of your life, you, you learn to live with it and really grow and use that as one of your strengths because there's still times I catch myself being super awkward. And I'm just like, well, that's all right. <laughs> it'll, it'll be all right next time. So.
0: Absolutely. All right, so the next couple questions I have. Um, How's that gonna... gin, Jake? What? How's that gin going for you? I need a new drink pretty soon. Um, but the next couple questions here are going to be very, um, you're going to ask you to recall some memories and, uh, and, 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 and such. So memories that mean something to you, okay. um, based on, on things that I've that, well, that anybody could see, um, that, that are important to you. So, um, first and foremost, we'll start with wrestling. Uh, obviously wrestling is continues to be an important part in your life. Um, you've wrestled for. The vast majority of your life it continues to to be a role in your life what in all of these there are probably several memories that you can remember but um what is the one uh memory that you can think back on that that really opened your eyes to how much you love that sport
1: man so can i give two because i feel like there's two very there's going to be several for all of these there's two very relevant ones um and I think the first one dates back to like high school. Um, Cause growing up wrestling as a kid, there's many years you just want to quit and never do it again. Um, but with, you you just got to finish it out. Um, but I think the moment that I really just realized that wrestling was something that was um, like an incredible sport and just an, an incredible way to like just be you and connect with different people on different levels. Um, was it was like the summer of my sophomore junior year um this is when i really got into like freestyle and greco wrestling um if you're not familiar with that uh high school season like the normal high school season is all folk style uh that's what you see when you watch espn for the division one championships um but if you tune into the olympic wrestling that's when you see the the freestyle and greco um pretty much all over the world that's what they do all year round um and they really focus on one or the other um, and I think the U S is really the only, only country that does folk style wrestling anymore. Um, but
2: it's w- women's wrestling, women's collegiate wrestling or women's uh, collegiate women's wrestling, wrestling, wrestling is,
1: is, is, is that's, that's freestyle wrestling. That's freestyle, right. It's not it folk style, that's right? It's freestyle wrestling now, um, right. which is awesome to see as well. But, um, right. getting back to the, the actual story, um, I, I started traveling a lot more with like my, my dad and other. Um, like wrestling like kit like guys my age and uh, like coaches and everything and we went to Georgia for a tournament um, and my dad jokingly said oh if you win this tournament I'll buy you that that USA wrestling shirt up there um, and I go in like this was one of my first really big Greco tournaments here um, and I just remember just getting on a roll and just having a good ass time wrestling. Like every match was super fun and super exciting. I ended up winning this tournament and pinning like the, he was like the third ranked guy out of Pennsylvania at the time, um, like in the state and that was in the finals and it was just super fun. And like, I didn't think I was going to win this tournament. I thought I was just going for experience and I just ended up like going on this tear and, um, like, just getting to witness a different state's wrestling culture, like, I've never been to a tournament where they pray before it, um, we all had to stop and pray, like, bow our heads and do that. Georgia, if you don't know, is very religious state, um, and we had to, like, pray and then do all these other things, and, um, like, just hearing guys, like, just talking with other guys from different states, like, oh, you hit this, this Texas tornado on me, and, like, we call it a different thing up here in the Midwest, and they have different terms for different moves, and, like, just knowing that was really eye opening and like getting to realize like wrestling's not just like a it's not a sport. It's like a giant family that um that people just love to do it and compete and it doesn't matter who you're competing against, if you just go out there and compete, it's gonna be a good time and you're gonna learn something. Um so yeah, that was like really eye opening and led me to a lot more opportunities. Um I actually got to do some like private sessions with a guy that was on the Olympic ladder who was close with one of our coaches. Um and it was sad because he ended up passing away in his sleep at a very young age. And we went to um, went to his wake, and just the the people that showed up to like support this family was unreal. Like this guy was definitely one of the most humble and just appreciative guys of the sport. Like to take his time out and spend time with a couple of high schoolers just training it and wrestling was it was incredible. Um, it's something that I'll never forget, and I try to try to remember in those like tougher days now. Coaching um, which leads me to my like next most memorable thing Um, and that's definitely was this past uh, This past year um, Watching guys that we coached uh, when they were middle schoolers um, Watching them one win the regional um, Which wasn't hasn't been done in port for quite some time to my understanding um, and Be really close to winning conference as well um, but something that they haven't done in a very long time since I, I think uh, Jake's time at Port Washington was make the the team state tournament, and they did, and they ended up winning their like winning that regional, um, which they d- didn't think they should, but they they, yeah, they Vegas came in didn't there.
2: Think they should either what? Vegas didn't think they should either. Yeah,
1: so um, being able to witness that and just see the excitement um, from guys that you coached since they were in sixth grade was just probably one of the coolest things um i think it outweighs almost any of my personal accomplishments in wrestling um because you just look back and like you think of the coaches that put the time into you and now we're getting to see that like come out and kids we coached and even if we didn't really reach them when we were coaching we knew we had some part in help building this team to go to team state and it was probably one of the coolest things that i witnessed as a being in this wrestling world um definitely something that that I'll brag about for years to come (laughs) Um, to be part of the the coaching staff that brought Port Washington back to Team State. So, yeah, definitely those two things. There's probably a dozen more I could go on and on about, but definitely the two that popped in my head right away.
0: Yeah, we didn't even do it when I was wrestling there. So before your time, my eighth grade year is the last time that they made it to state. So even better. Yeah, so it was a long time coming and a lot of close chances with the teams that we had, but um no those that phenomenal moment right there. Still brings a tear to my eye. Um seeing that and seeing all those guys jumping out of their the chairs and us all falling out of the stands. It was, <laughs> it was a, great. a wonderful snowy night. It was a hell of a yes. hell of a drive there, but uh um well worth it. So um so secondly, and these are in no particular order based of, uh, thank you, uh, no particular order uh, of importance by any means, but obviously at least since graduation, it's been a little bit more obvious. I think it was certainly obvious before then, but uh, helping people um, is an important aspect of your life. So what was that moment that helped you realize that that is what you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Um, whether that be with College Possible or, or you know, it's another moment before that, but what was that moment that helped you realize that that was your path?
1: Um, I think the the first time that I started to realize it was when I was at College Possible, um, the Dream Big Dinner. Sam, I don't know if you recall this, but you, you grilled me with a lot of questions that night <laughs> related to College Possible and the work we do. Um. And just kind of getting an insider's point of view, I guess, to that it was my understanding. Um, you had a notebook, you were jotting down notes, it was pretty cool. He knew what he was doing, um, he just
0: wouldn't tell anybody else. Yeah, it, it was We cool. all knew.
1: So that, that kind of sparked it, um, and I think continuing to work with Lakeland, because there's two specific students um, that really come to mind that are currently at Lakeland, um, I don't know if I should say that, but I'm, I'm guessing you guess,
2: could guess... Who's their first names? Huh?
1: it's it's elijah and uh stanisha who are those huh who are those guys (laughs) we don't know them at all (laughs) all right Um, but yeah um so they were two that were really hard to get through in the beginning of the year and uh for whatever reason there was like a, a switch that flipped in it in them um and they i couldn't get rid of those two to save my life they would just always be there and um, what really did it was Lakeland, and it was crazy to think like, oh, I had this tiny school um, that's always described to me as in the middle of cornfields. You're just driving down a country road, and boom, there's a college. Um, so getting those two to to buy into it was really uh, rewarding for me, knowing that I could share like going to Lakeland with them as well as uh, getting them just excited to go to school and getting to see them now, uh, like on Facebook posting things and like just being super excited about what's going on at Lakeland is, is by far one of the best things that, that continues to, to like ring in my ears and just be like, yeah, that this is where I belong. Um, because t- to be honest, I-, I approached Elijah a few times in the hallway, um, at Riverside and he'd always tell me he's coming, he's, he'll stop by after school. He'll stop by during lunch. Uh, never would, and um for whatever reason he just showed up one day and i brought up lakeland i'm like this is a really cool school i went here i really enjoyed it and all of a sudden like he's like oh shit this is super cool i really want to go here i want to do all these visits do all these things and this was like when the co-op program was really catching some catching some some grip here and getting some wind in its sails to get going and uh Like just telling them like yeah you can work you can have super low debt you can be like ready to go into the workforce and just bragging about where i went to school um and just seeing that excitement was definitely a super defining moment um that's still like if i'm down or just not knowing like why the hell i'm going to work today that's something that i just continue to think about and there's definitely a lot of other students um that i did work with that that's still true um and I could definitely go into more about that, but, uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of the, the major ones that still sticks with me.
2: That's a really interesting notion. The, you know, the, those moments that you have to will yourself to think about to motivate yourself or to realize that, no, this is the type of impact that you can have on people mm-hmm. that, because you have, and it it was obviously very special to you and, very, and probably even more special to, to them. Um, uh, but I, I was also kind of trying to formulate this question in my head um, about, you know, it could be for both of you. So we might have to repeat this question um, next week for, for, for J dog. Um, what's the transition like from being the wrestlers that, the, well, this is just directed at you, Scooter. Uh, the transition from being the wrestler that you were in high school, college to then becoming a, a coach um whether it's you know at the middle school level or or whatever level um there's a different sense of gratitude and there's a different sense of like worth and impact um could you could you uh try to describe that transformation from being like the the coach to the coach and and uh not just in wrestling but in college possible and 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 then also the impact that has had on your life beyond wrestling or beyond college possible.
1: Yeah. So just to clarify what you're asking, you want to know like what the, what the different feeling is or like what the difference between those two are. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it like you can, you can in in the NFL, like there are great players, but not all play great players make great coaches. Um, And in, in, in life or in, amateur sports it, it can it can be the same thing um so i guess that transformation from being a coach and like if there were things that you learned along the way to becoming a better coach um and maybe what those things were but then also how coaching has impacted your life that you didn't think it might have impacted your life. Like, kind of okay. going back to the thing you said about, like, I, sometimes that one, get out of bed. I think about the impact I had on other kids, like, or other people, like Elijah, Sanisha, you talking about earlier.
1: Yeah. Um, so, definitely, like, the one saying that I hate is <laughs> if you can't play, you coach or whatever. If you can't do, you teach. Um, because that's something that's just not super true in wrestling. Um, I think it takes when we're specifically talking about wrestling, I think it takes someone that's definitely been through the ring or been through a lot within that sport and has been super involved in it. because um, it takes a lot to to show up and coach middle schoolers. <laughs> Let me tell you, they're uh, definitely a wily bunch and you never know what kind of what what mindset they're gonna be in when you show up. Um, but when it comes to wrestling, like transitioning from athlete to coach, it doesn't seem too difficult um mainly because i've had a lot of close mentors within the sport of wrestling that really like you just take things from them and if you listen to any like coach now or any wrestler really like in a like super successful wrestler or not even um, that successful just been in the sport for a long time there's always that consistency within i've had a really close coach throughout my whole life or in high school i just had this one coach that i really like built this strong bond with. And I think that's something that, um, I definitely wanted to keep within myself when I started coaching, um, to not just be the wrestling coach, but to be someone that these kids can go to when something comes up or when something really, um, is bothering them. So we can kind of work with them to build just, cause like wrestling is not just a sport. It's really like a lifestyle that another cliche about wrestling where you just gotta, it's, it's one of those things that just, it doesn't end when you leave the room. It's something that is continuous throughout your whole life. Um, and the, some of the most humble, most appreciative people that you meet are going to be wrestlers. And that's something that I've always tried to like represent within coaching. And yeah, there's definitely days where you're just pissed off and upset with how things are going at practice because kids are doing whatever. Uh, but just remembering that like yeah, I definitely did this when I was a kid. Um, and how, how your coaches at that time reacted, um, definitely has helped me kind of transition into that. Um, and things that I've taken away that I honestly thought I'd never would while coaching, um, honestly was being able to actually build that bond with, with some of these athletes that we do work with. Um, because seeing them wrestle in high school is probably one of the coolest things that we'll ever get to do. And, Fingers crossed, we get a few to get to watch we, that we get to watch in, high, in college um, and compete at higher levels than high school. Um, but just seeing them be able to compete and just like watching them do things that you feel like you've instilled on them is probably one of the things that I never thought would happen because I thought we were just two college dudes. We're going to come in here, we're going to coach, teach these kids some moves, and 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 that was it. And now it's evolved into so much more. Like we're both. Uh, like the head coaches now were taking control of this kid's program, something we never thought would happen. Like I, Personally, I didn't. Uh, J-Dog, you might think differently, but um, I knew that was always a goal, but I just never thought it was something that was going to happen because we're in this small-town coaching. <laughs> like, There's so many people that have been involved in Port Washington Wrestling so much longer than I have, um, and just being welcomed into that community was super cool um, and just being able to know that the impact that we're making on – not only the kids program, but the high school program is something that hopefully will last for a while, um, and really bring some success, but, um, to relate it more towards a, a professional side of things with like college possible, um, honestly, working at college possible really opened my eyes into just knowing that I can really work with a lot of different demographics of people, um, because I, I've never really, like, to be totally honest, never been to a school where you have to walk through metal detectors every day to go into. Um, you have to do different things. Like, I, it, it's just a different world for me, and that was definitely eye-opening and something that is going to stick with me for a lot longer. Um, I remember a specific training where we talked about, like, our scope and how we view the world and how we view different people and, like, who's in our inner circles, and we, like, wrote down names and, like, and looking at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see my scopes a lot a lot thinner, a lot more focused, um, but by the time I finished working with College Possible, um, a joke they like to make is we definitely drank the Kool-Aid, you know? Um, we got our eyes open to a lot more social justice issues that I'm still very passionate about now, and especially surrounding education and just how things are so different when you go to the suburbs compared to when you go to a school, an MPS, or speaking more close to home where I grew up where you go to my high school compared to a school in the Chicago public school system like it's just a world of difference and um that's something that has really stuck with me and I really try to to personify when I when I talk to people because when people have different views it's so hard to to like have them relate to what these students are going through like yeah my school just like Speaking directly with Port Washington, they just got renovated. They got this huge addition with this huge, um, music hall with a huge, uh, field house with a brand new wrestling room, brand new basketball, all these different things. But you go to a school that's, um, located at like that's an MPS school. They're not getting these things and they're using old textbooks. They have computers that barely work. (laughs) Um, I can speak from, uh, from experience with that one like I had a computer in my room that was definitely the same computer I used in my old high school when I was attending um so it's just a like that knowing that and being able to like helpfully when people ask me questions about that or talk about the schooling system like I can kind of help widen their scope to realize like things are very different and that's something that definitely has stuck with me since my time at College Possible and um, and definitely not something that I expected to do to happen as well. just thought I was going to be this guy going in to, to help these students, but you, you get into a program or a, a organization like that. And it, it's just a very different culture and how they do things. And it was definitely something I will own 100% appreciate for the rest of my life. So.
2: I think you got a career in politics.
1: Yeah. i have love to work with work in education. <laughs> Very passionate about that when it comes to like public schooling in larger cities because it's just a world of difference. A lot of people aren't able to realize because they've never witnessed it. So,
2: one book uh, that you guys might want to think about reading as a like co-host to this to you know podcast is um, this is an awesome book I read a couple years ago. Uh, it's more than a couple years ago now, but um, it's about how um, the like the entire german like germany uh, it's a country as itself has this huge soccer association so, uh, you know that england does and the u.s and all these countries but how they how they reinvented the entire system and rebooted itself it's called das reboot and and uh, it's by rafael honigstein which is he's a he's a writer for um one of the, the big german um newspapers uh national newspapers there and um it talks a lot about how you, you you don't, you know, become a world cup champion, you know, you know, you know your country doesn't become a world cup champion without starting at like the youth and, and, and how you guys have, you know, at a microcosm like started at the middle school and how you've already seen it paid off in the high school. Um, there's some, it's a, it's a, it's a really well-written book. Um, and even if you don't like soccer, it's just, it's really cool about how you can, um, how, how, this one story at least uh you know re- talking about reinventing you know a system reinventing something that it, and it becomes bigger than 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 yourself bigger than you know the world uh it can feel like when you win the world cup so
1: it's called das boot
0: das reboot das reboot
1: okay i <laughs> just want to make sure i had it right it's definitely something das boot is a totally different book yeah got it
2: different podcast episode different episode same
1: podcast yes we will have das boot one day
0: um so well with that since we obviously are beer with the boys that drinking or sharing a conversation over a beverage is uh is a highlight of what we do um going back to the memories what is uh what's a memorable if not the most memorable drink that you've had in your life
1: what (laughs) okay um
0: you you can't say this one yes other other than this one
1: of course um but what what
0: you know just like what we what we do is you know the best conversations happen over a drink be that coffee beer whiskey gin and tonic whatever what is uh or you know even if it's whether it's a conversation or experience what is a what is that beer what is that 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 drink um experience that you've had that you uh you may never forget. You might not have forget remembered it the morning after, but <laughs> you remember it now.
1: Um I'd say um my first beer with my dad actually. Um for for many personal reasons that I don't ever think I'll get into on this podcast, but um yeah. Uh it's just it was just one thing that always stuck with me cuz um yeah, can I just leave it at that for now?
2: <laughs> was it a Pass Blue Ribbon?
1: I honestly, I don't, I don't remember the exact beer. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just Doesn't... being able to share that beer with my dad because it was a really cool experience. I think, honestly, one of the first times we ever like shared a beer out at a bar um, was going to the Eagles concert in Milwaukee. Um, Damn, because he's a huge Eagles fan. Um, My brother takes credit for that. So, Um, but yeah, going (laughs) out to, to, uh, it was a, who's on third. Uh, We went there for beer and wings and went to the Eagles concert. And I think it was the first beer that I bought my dad out was on that night. And it was a really cool experience just to, to share not only the music and kind of witness one of the greatest bands of all time um, perform and yeah, just being able to share that with them uh, was definitely a very special time for us. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, for somebody that, that, that knows a little bit deeper, of course, it's, you know, very, and, and I'm sure it comes across that to somebody who, who doesn't very, very few words Mm -hmm. that give up a a ton of meaning and, 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 and such. So well done. Um, and then my, my final memory, maybe my final memory question, (laughs) who knows? Um, for the, for the sake of the podcast as well um, and out of curiosity uh, on top of that. But what is that what was that memory that made you realize that we were going to be as good of friends as we actually are. Not just we're friends, but when he realized that you know this this is uh, one of those friendships that that is gonna be you know knock on wood a, a lifetime sort of friendship
1: um man the one that comes directly to mind uh was that first summer we lived together actually the first time we like actually lived together lived together um and we were definitely slumming it at that time um in the the best sense of slumming it we were living in Probably the crappiest place we've ever lived in at the time. Um, windows held together with saran wrap. Yeah, windows held together with saran wrap. We took showers in a bin to save water. Um, because apparently the water bill was billed based on what goes down the drain, which I still no. don't believe that's oh. true. Um, Only sometimes together. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> Wait, showering So when, when does that become a bath? Um, When the bin gets full. <laughs> but uh, definitely that time, because I remember we were definitely super like scrapped for cash. Cause we were paying like most of our money went to rent. Um, we had issues with our roommate at the time, uh, mainly caused by me, which I didn't even know that I caused at the time. Um, but the one, the one like really defining moment that kind of like settled it, I was like, shit, this is going to work out for us. Um, was actually when we went to Walmart, you bought the new Madden at the time. I bought the new NCAA football game at the time. And we would just sit there and take turns on the game. That was it. You'd play a couple games. I'd sit there and watch. I'd play a couple games. You'd sit there and watch. And the night just went on. We had a, had a couple beers. Worked on our, our core three papers. And just had a good time. And I think like looking back, like that was just such a simple time for both of us. Where we just found such simple joys in playing Madden or NCAA and just having fun. Like, we never, there's never an argument of like, oh, who's gonna get the first game? It was just like, oh, you wanna play first? Go ahead, it's fine. I'm gonna sit here, have a beer, and watch you play. Um, And I think that was just such a super cool moment. I don't know why, but I just felt super at home and at peace in that time. And I knew it was like, all right, this guy's pretty cool we're definitely going to live together for a long time and basically be a, a legal partnership, which I don't think we, I hope we don't have to do anything with the, with the courts for that. So
0: Ooh, no, I haven't gotten any notification yet, but
1: well, that's good. Cause yeah, no, I... it's definitely one of the, like those times where <laughs> I'm in <line>. law. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't, have, I don't think we had internet. We didn't have cable. All we had was a couple TVs and an Xbox 360. No. Yep. Well, and, a rubber, and a rubber, rubbermaid to bathe in yeah <laughs> Well our roommate told us she lived there over like the school year and told us this is how it works. So we're like, oh. all right whatever. We did dishes in like a, a bucket so when the and water the was bucket dirty, dumped the bucket outside. Wait, what,
2: what, did the roommate do anything weird with the water that you guys used or
1: No uh, okay. we had to dump, well we we, we life hacked it because um, we would go work out and lift weights like after work so we would just shower at school. So, we didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, and that that's how we got around it. So, definitely, like, that summer really sparked the flower of our friendship. <laughs> the, For me, personally. The, I don't the know.
0: water and the fertilizer. And I think that was the last NCAA game to come out, too.
1: Yeah, RIP to that series. <laughs> Denard um, Robinson on the cover? Yep. And I, I can um, remember, I was super excited to buy it because Denard was on the cover. <laughs> just because of Denard. Yep. Uh, and Jacksonville, running back, huh? mm-hmm for two years i don't know offensive weapon he coaches there now so it's fine yeah, nice
2: um this is my last question it's a two-part question so i'm gonna need to hear the answer first uh what's the longest time you guys have spent away from each other whether it's in communication or physically
1: when we live together
2: like what no like just since your friendship started
1: Probably less than 24 hours. No. Actually, the longest time we stayed out of communication was the damn anniversary part surprise party for Meckley. Um, just because I didn't want to blow the surprise, I felt that me text not texting him would be better. So I didn't text him for like <laughs> three days. And not
0: texting is what blew it.
1: <laughs> yes. I thought like if I text him, I'm going to say something. He's going to ask me what I'm doing this weekend and I'm going to blow it. So i just didn't text him for like three days and that was probably the longest amount of time that we didn't stay in touch like if you're counting like a a goofy text of like a Mm. picture you saw on facebook then yes that's the longest time
2: yes so my question was some of some of my best friends we it might be a week might be a couple weeks before we like get in touch but it might and and obviously in this pandemic like i haven't been able to see some of my best friends because they're in different parts of wisconsin or different parts of the country different parts of the world like um but i know that they're my best friends because of like the interactions we have when we do like get back in touch is like we it hasn't been any lost time like it hasn't been 24 hours it hasn't you know it's just been like um, so I was wondering if you had any of those moments or, like, I guess maybe the question is, you you, you knew when you guys were, like, just trading off games of, of, of NCAA football, um, but, like, were there moments that you knew, like, that confirmed that to you, like, yeah, this guy is indeed, like, my best friend forever, my BFF. Like, n- not to like, just put it in like that context, but like, Soulmate. the the words actually make sense for that actual, you know, what I mean by that, right?
1: Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's definitely a, a a ton of moments where that's really, um, stood the test of time, if you will, uh, to use another cliche. Um, so that's what this mo- this uh, interview feels like is a big montage of my cliches. Um, but. Yeah, they're definitely, I think, um, one of the, the more defining moments of our friendship. Um, if you don't mind me talking about Meckley, you, um, your dad. Go for it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I forgot. It was like a Saturday in the morning. Um, and this was like our first official time really living together, um, while going to school, um. And he got a an unfortunate call that his dad had had a stroke and was in the hospital. Um, and with, like, no hesitation, he was like, I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive. I'm going to go there right now. I got to go. Um, and me knowing, like, I, I have to stop him. Like, I can't let him drive when, like, driving super emotional is never a good thing. Um, and I, I kind of just said, like, hey, let me take you. And just kind of seeing that moment of, of refreshment from him, knowing that he has someone to take him was super like defining for me. Um, cause he kind of was just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You should drive me, but can you, can you, can you hurry? So I was like, yeah, I'll drive as fast as I can. Like, no doubt. Um, and just, just kind of having him realize like, Hey, this guy's not just here for fun to get drunk with and do stupid shit with. He's actually here to, to kind of, to be that support system. Um, and it definitely led to a lot more deeper conversations about different things. And like, we we've definitely cried together. Um, I'm not going to go into those details, but yeah, we've definitely had a lot of different like defining moments. That's like, Holy crap. Yeah. This guy's going to be here for, for my whole life. Um, and that, that might've been like the start of it. Cause like, if you look at it, like the switching back and forth between Madden or NCAA, like that's, it's just like, it's, It's surface level stuff, but when someone trusts you to take him to go see his dad who just got admitted to the hospital, that's like a different level of trust that like I didn't expect to earn that fast, but he kind of just gave it to me. Let me, let me, let me take the wheel on that one. Um, And that was definitely a super defining moment for, for myself and our friendship um, to, to kind of open up and let me help him out in that time of time of need.
2: it feels more like um being brothers and being friends
1: yeah it's definitely uh grown into that more of a brotherhood um he's definitely part of the family now so yep i'm the other jake 100 percent part of the family now yeah
0: and the, and the and the same goes if uh if your grandparents ask about him, then uh then it's it's <laughs> yeah, part of the family definitely and uh no, that's you know pretty much spot on right there, and and I'll just just I won't share any particular stories, you know, just with the chance that perhaps it's a question next week, um, but I think my you know in, in 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 response to your statement earlier, Sam, with there being friends that you cannot talk to for for a while and you still know they're they're you know they're going to be best friends with you, um, I think everybody has those, you know, I I certainly have mine. I know Germ has his, and you know anybody has those. Um, my, and I, and I no doubt feel that if that was the relationship that, that Jeremy and I would want that, that could absolutely be the case. We just never have needed to, to have that type of relationship because whenever we see something funny, we are our, our response is to, to send that to the mm-hmm. other person. Um, so I sort of see it as, as I mean, each friendship that you have with somebody is completely different and, um, and, you know, there's, there's some friends that are, 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 are like the end, some of the best friends that you ever have. I mean, three, four out of the five people that stood up in my wedding are more that type of people that I know they're going to be there at all times, but you know, we're, it's not going to be an everyday texting sort of thing, some more than others, but you know, I can text them once every two months or give them a call. And we know them well, that it's going to jump right back from, the, from, from day one, um, and, and the relationship that I, that I have with, with, with germ here is just, it's just a little bit different. We don't have to have that. Um, you know, when, you know, we just, we see something funny or we see something, we get want to get something off of our, 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 our chest. We know that we can just text each other. And, and it's somebody that I, you know, just look forward to talking through, you know, talking to throughout the day. And if that makes it, you know, a uh, domestic partnership, right? In, in that sense, and, and I think that does play a big role with it. Is that this is somebody that I lived with for a long time, um, and and I, at least on my side of things, I didn't grow up with any siblings. My parents were were definitely present in my life, but um, a lot of my hanging out time was outside with a stick hitting a tree. And, uh, you know, I didn't have the friends from the I grew up in the middle of the country. I didn't have the friends from the neighborhood to talk all the time. Um, So this was my first experience having a a sibling and and uh, and and
1: having a brother. So let me tell you, Steph is shocked at how much we text.
0: So is Hannah. (laughs) He's
1: like, you guys seriously text every day. I'm like, it just happens. Like we see something and we have to share it and we just got to get it off get it off our chest here so exactly
0: exactly so, so it's just it's just a, a, that type of of relationship and eventually that might change it might go to you know once every other day or something like that or once every other hour <laughs> um but <laughs> <One other time. laughs> we'll start with that but uh at the end of the day um it's just a it's just a different type of relationship we don't need to talk all the time i don't feel that whatsoever um like sometimes you feel in a relationship that you need to be talking 24 <laughs> 7 for it to be a relationship i don't feel that and this is just
1: there's no pressure man
0: yeah it's just somebody i want to be talking to and um is it because you guys shared bath water we shared bath water yeah Um, a lot of things (laughs) we uh yeah so it's a it's a it's a it's a unique friendship for not many people get the opportunity to have but ones that 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 do totally get it
2: shall we flip the interview over to
0: yeah, so that was time. What 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 questions do you have for us?
1: Oh, I got to ask you guys questions.
0: And that's this is how an interview works. Yeah. <laughs> Shit.
1: Um. Damn. Um.
2: You can't you can't ask for my picks either.
1: What are your picks? <laughs> um. No. Um. <laughs> I guess my one question. I'm gonna steal this one from Sam. Uh, what is something you guys took away from? from my life that maybe you didn't know before that you know now. Oof, don't roll your eyes over there, pal. I've seen that. you rolled your eyes. Me? Yeah. No, Meckley. J-Dog. Oh, I don't roll my he eyes. He rolled his eyes.
2: I'll, I'll go first that's all right. Yeah. Um, so I... One thing that I've always been impressed with, with about you is that you are a biology major just because i think biology is an insanely uh, in, my, in my personal opinion an, a difficult major like there's it, there's a lot to learn and there's a like there it's 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 not just like things you have to memorize but there's like there's a lot of practical things you have to do too it's a, it's a if I could, you know
1: i wish i was a business major i'm just gonna say that no, you don't. No, you don't. But you learned so much more from your biology easy. major. Useless information to me right now. But anyways, continue. Uh,
2: but but it's the way you learned it. It's the way that you think now. Um, and, and the thought process you have now. And the way that like... I, I don't know. I, I just So that's one thing that's always impressed me about you. Um, it's not something I learned about you today. Um, but one thing that I grew in appreciation for you today tonight is how much and how deep wrestling has impacted your life and impacted your success in life and your, um, your like path to getting to the different spots in your life. And, and although it's an unfinished story and an unfinished script, um, the things that you've learned in wrestling, whether it be the resiliency, whether it be, whether it be the, um, you know, the, the the community behind you or the community it takes to, you know, uh or it's like the, the like it's the village that raises a child kind of thing, that kind of teaching. Um, that's what I feel that, that's what I get in my head when I when I hear you guys talking about wrestling and talking about um the the role that you guys play in, you know, the community of beautiful Port Washington. Um and so I I guess it's the teachings and the, the the experiences the relationships that you you know built and built because of wrestling that um, has positively impacted you every single step of the way and i know every se- single step of the way hasn't been like step that you thought it might be but it's always gotten to the next step and um and and, but like that resiliency and the confidence or like the hey there's always the next time i'm gonna wrestle this person or the next time i'm gonna get in this position i'm gonna be ready next time um that type of thinking or that type of like um uh like that, that type of mentality that you bring in to whatever it is that you bring in every single day um it I mean, that, that makes anyone, whether where it doesn't matter where they are in their career, it makes them unstoppable, you know, it, it, it because I don't think anyone, uh, I should take that back. There are very few people who know their exact path. And I think there's a lot of people that lie that think they know that their, their next, their, 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 their absolute path. Um, and you're someone that I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, you know what your path could be, but you don't know your exact path, but you know that like how you work and how you train, it doesn't matter what your path is, you're going to succeed on it. Um, and it's because of wrestling It's because of the situations you put yourself in, whether they've been awkward or uncomfortable. Um, you've always found a way to, uh, succeed, um, because of parenting, because of your upbringing, because of, um, you know, a, a lot has to do. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, with wrestling, at least that's what I learned today.
1: No, Pretty spot on there. Let's say wrestling has shaped a lot of who I am and what I do now. So I appreciate the kind words too. It means a lot.
0: Um, let me see here. So I'm, I'm glad you went first there, Sam, so I could figure out how to put this in, in, in the best words. Um, And, and, and and I I don't want to say that this is something that I necessarily learned today, but it's something that definitely played more of a factor and and got me, something I thought about a little bit more as this conversation continued um, and and more than I have in the past um, is that I, much of your typical personality is very much you know, you come across as a straightforward, what you see is what you get type of guy. And, and that's not a bad thing by, by any means. I think that's one of the, you know, so some of the best personalities are, are, are in that sort of sense, but um, that's very much like a, like a, a persona that I think that you, you have, and then, and, and what most people get to see. And today you know, throughout this interview, and I've seen it a variety of times in in, in the past, is that there certainly is more than meets the eye. Um, there's certainly more that than 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 meets the ear, and there's certainly moments that isn't quite what you see is what you get, and is, is much deeper for you and affect you at a mo- much deeper level. Um, and in the example, I'll. I'll bring, cause it's just the most recent that was, was brought up was the one where you drove me to the hospital with my dad. And on the outside, looking in, giving that, that, you know, the initial, you know, giving the actions of that story, it would be, we were roommates. I woke up to a call at 7.00 AM that I need to go to the hospital. You jumped in and said, I'll drive you to the hospital. That's it. And, and it's, it's perfect. It is awesome. And that's, you know, well, all you can ask for in a best friend, but hearing tonight about how much that moment meant to you deeper than just being able to say, no, I got you just being able to experience that. And, you know, a negative things to, you know, experience, um, or a negative situation to experience, but one that it was much deeper than just being there for a friend and, uh, and, 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 and something that, that you saw the relief that was in my eyes and that, you know, I am, I am one that doesn't like to show my emotions in any sort of capable, you know, any sort of level whatsoever. If I am, I'm walking outside, nobody, nobody gets to see this other than me. Um, but being able to to just see that and I don't show that on my sleeve and, and, um, knowing, you know, showing that it was just a meaningful moment. Um, And again, you know, there's, I can certainly put this into better words. I think about it for a day, but, um, just knowing that it's, it's, you know, you're more of a guy, you're more than just a guy that, you know, what you see is what you get. You got, you got some, some deepness to you. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that, that, that means a lot that you don't say all the time. You don't vocalize all the time. You don't portray all the time. And, and, um, I've always known that it's in there and, and, and that it's, uh, Um, it's, it, it's a makeup of what you, what you are. And it's, uh, it was, it was cool to get to see that a little bit deeper to, uh, tonight, um, during this, this, uh, recording and, uh, um, and yeah, so it's something that I always knew, but you, you you sealed, you notarized it tonight. So, um, well
1: done. (coughs) Um,
0: but, uh, but yeah, that's 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 what I have. What else? Uh, Any other questions? I
1: do have one more, but just to kind of to to thank you guys for that. Um, it was definitely something I came into being on the hot seat, if you will. Um, was trying to be more vulnerable because that's something that I, I don't do ever. Uh, if you know me, I'm a, I'm exactly what you describe me as. Is you, you get what you see. Um, but if you really get to know me, there's a lot a lot more to me and there's very few people that get to kind of see that side of me. Um, So I really did challenge myself to be more vulnerable with my answers and stuff today. Um, So I just do appreciate both you guys kind of recognizing that and uh, showing a little more appreciation towards that side of me. Um, But to kind of lighten the mood towards the end of this interview, (laughs) um, on a scale of one to five stars, how good was my best man speech at your wedding? <laughs> Cause I, honestly, it was a big giant blur to me. So I just got to know.
0: I will say, I, I will let Sam give the official ratings on this. I will say since I was sitting right there and I was 98% in the bag at that time. And so that was, whole that. Day was kind of a blur to me. I give it a solid four and a half, five stars. There were moments that made me tear up. There were moments that made me laugh. There was a moments that had somebody in the crowd yell "Fuck yeah!" Uh, once, once or twice, I believe. I believe that was coming from Sam's table. Um, but uh, no, Sam's I, I, table, not, Sa- not Sam's Sam. table. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying Sam's table. I, what I believe, what I believe to have happened. I didn't hear any um, of that. Was I give like... it a, a solid uh, four and a half, five. The only four and a half is I think that one time somebody in the back said, "We can't hear you." So that's why I take away half a star. That's, fine.
1: <laughs> uh, that's understandable.
0: I don't. I don't take that away. The the acoustics of uh,
2: of, of the barn. Um, <laughs> I also I, think that was someone just fucking
0: around in the back.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and speaking of people at my table, I think I think you guys would have an amazing podcast if you guys had Carson on. Yes. Good lord,
1: that man cried Somebody. in my arms. I've never met him before in my life. He cried. <laughs> in my arms <laughs> he had an emotional night he, he just had an emotional in night in my arms i've like met this guy once he, in my he, life he saw true love with jake meckley and
2: and, and his beautiful wife um and <laughs> it started with the best man speech it now started with a ceremony but but it, you know the the bow was was the best man speech i i i don't know
1: oh um but it makes you feel there, better. I was kind of drunk when I wrote it, so. <laughs> no, I guess this is just a
2: commentary on myself. Like, there, I, I know that there are some people, um, and you guys might, I, you guys might be these people that remember word for word lines from movies,
1: you, or like. You do not remember a word for word from my speech, do you? No, no, but okay, good. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I'm not there I'm, replaying <laughs> this whole speech. Like, no, Jesus no,
2: I, I, I don't like. I don't remember. I don't like. I don't remember lines from movies. I, the, the only lines from movies I can remember, like, you know, you know, like Luke, I am your father. Uh, Put your nutsacks on. Like I don't like I like I like very simplistic. Like I, but I, what what sticks with me more than the words are the feelings, or like you know, like how obviously not the feelings, how I felt when I heard what was being said, and the entire ceremony, the and, and then all the speeches but honing in on the best man speech um, how I felt or like how like it made the entire room felt feel um, I, I can't give it less than a five out of five. It was, it was just, it was perfect for the environment. It was perfect for the audience. It was perfect for the day. Um, And I think it was perfect for Jake. And I think that's the only person that really it had to be perfect for um and jake's only gripe was on the acoustics but jake can't control (laughs) that uh unless he chose you know a better venue but he wanted a (laughs) barn so that was perfect
0: Uh, nothing better than a barn shouts fired with the doors Uh, wide open the
2: the, there there was one speech and i i know i I gave you a perfect score um but there was one speech that was better and that was when jake mackley took the microphone and just (laughs) yelled at the entire entire audience and said
1: my whiskey
2: don't touch my whiskey it's in this room (laughs) like gave the specifics to where it was uh which i don't think it was there anymore i think it was with you guys but i know it was gone after (laughs) (laughs) just reprimanded the entire room but it didn't it didn't take down the mood of of the of the day of the the magnitude of the moment it just said hey jake serious about his whiskey let's not touch it let's have a good time and and everyone did, and then and then Carson, you know, was emotional, and he was very excited about everything. That was a wonderful time.
1: Good day.
0: I just remember the look <clears throat> in specific Why ha- people's eyes.
2: Why hasn't Hannah been on the you know been interviewed
0: yet? She will be, she will be. Um, I just remember the the specific looks in people's eyes. Um, neither you, you guys, but there are people that I see routinely during Christmas or Thanksgiving. Because
2: Jerm was a little too close and I was a little too far. So you just couldn't look at the well, maybe. Well, <laughs> maybe.
0: And, and I, there's two things that I remember. I remember your table applauding me at that moment. And I'm like, all right, I'm not that stupid. And I remember looking at particular people and then noticing or realizing how serious I was at that moment and be like, holy shit, we've never seen Jake like this before. Let's stay the fuck away from that area. <laughs> and I, whiskey ever <laughs> and uh i felt i felt good i felt good in that moment but uh no i give that's the that was the second best speech of that day Beautiful. only only uh second to the flower girl walking down
1: fair enough fair enough um i guess my last question to no, that was of, your last question uh-huh. another one did i say that was my last question
0: yeah but keep it coming you know how this works.
1: Um, <clears throat> my last, remember we're gonna
2: we're gonna grill mechley next one.
1: Yeah, so I'm was, I was saving the good ones for then. That's um, right. my last question to kind of bring in, like the, I guess the the theme of this interview, um, which kind of seemed like, of how sports related to your life and how it's kind of built you to be who you are um i guess this one might be more for you sam um since we didn't get to that in your interview but i'm guessing we'll get it get to it in your interview um jake uh is there any specific like moment in sports that kind of defined who you are or kind of defined a part of who you are now
2: so i've been i've been painted on this podcast as a uh, mediocre golfer you are. And I'm I'm not we a call how, how we see it. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a professional golfer. Um, I think it'd probably be a, a some good content for the listeners. Um, if we would you know film us golfing, maybe around. Uh, we can get into that later. I I don't want to put the pressure on these you know these guys who run this podcast, and I don't want to call the shots because I'm, I'm just a I'm just a guest co-host here. Um, but I golfed a lot as a kid um i played in high school i played not like expecting to but i i played in college uh kid uh punched a wall and broke his hand and my um like student worker position at the time was an intern for the marketing department and and director of marketing was the golf coach and he's like hey you played high school golf and i was like yeah i did and he's like um you want to play in the conference championship this weekend um i was like uh i mean i i I will but you can't expect anything out of me like i haven't played since last july and it's may um anyways and 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 so golf is and and that 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 point right there was like hey i could i could like yeah i'm not gonna play well at this tournament but um i was a junior at the time so i could i could play golf all summer i could you know find my my swing and find, you know, some, some, you know, you should be competitive again. Um, and that was that sidebar. That was an amazing summer. I played, I, I was, I was single at the time. So I played golf every single day after my summer internship. Um, shout out Matt Scootin, uh, great golf, golf course in uh, Berlin, Wisconsin. Um, and, uh, and I found my love for the golf, for, for golf again, um, after Not losing it but not like growing it not appreciating it and uh and so to to get back to the question like how's golf how's sports uh played a role or um helped me um or what lesson I've taken from from that sport whatever it is um is this idea of like golf is really frustrating and life is really frustrating um and it's like well You can't do anything about the shot you just hit if it was a you know you kind of think about it i think about that when i hit a bad shot i was like so if you take the mentality of like i'm gonna hit another bad shot because i just hit another i had just hit a bad shot or um whatever the 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 feeling is you got to take the negativity out of it because it's that shot already happened there's nothing you can do about it so put yourself in a better headspace visualize the shot you want to hit think about the things that will help you hit that shot take a deep breath and know hey you're just playing a game here and this is how you're going to hit the shot and 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 it's you know that that kind of um that mental exercise of well yeah i might have i might have scooted up uh you know in this last shot but um I can, I can, I can affect what my shot is right now. And, and that's helped me so much in um, having that same type of uh, thought or mentality that you talked about earlier Um, German, that was uh, that, that short memory uh, and, and just being able to say, okay, (laughs) let it be Um, think about what you want the next step to be the next shot to be and, uh, and and make it happen. and, Golf has always been therapeutic for me, even if I've had a bad round or whatnot. Um, it, 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 I've, I've uh, always loved the, the outdoors and it, whatever. Um, and so, golf helps with that, but also just like the challenging part of golf and helping you understand that hey, you're not going to hit a, a perfect shot every single time. When you're watching the professionals play golf, um, they don't hit a perfect shot every single time. And, and when they don't, actually, it, it makes you feel like, hey, everyone plays this game and everyone makes a bad shot here and there. Um, now the professionals, they don't hit a lot of bad shots. And when they do, um, they recover from them very well. Uh, but knowing that, hey, everyone gets put in the situation, make the best out of it. Um, that type of like put it behind you mentality, it didn't happen. Mentality. Let's focus on what's really important and what you can affect. Uh, that's been the biggest thing that I think I've learned from sports.
1: Oh yeah, <clears throat> definitely appreciate that answer. Thank you. Yeah,
0: and um, I'll answer mine next You week. can yeah, save yours. I'm sure it week. will come up. Um, <laughs> if it doesn't come up, I'll be shocked, and that's okay as well. But uh,
1: so I always learned tonight is that. No matter the sport you play, there's lessons to be learned.
0: Absolutely. So any other questions from either of you for the other?
1: No, I'm good.
0: All right. that's was fun. I feel like this All was right. an, e-
1: an easier hot seat than I thought it was going to be. Worked it up to be way more intimidating than it was.
0: So, we don't We don't hurt you. We don't hurt you up there. Um, wait, you. Wait,
2: for, wait for overtime. <laughs>
0: we'll get there eventually. Um but with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first half of your Christmas gifts. Uh the happy hour with Jeremy The Scoots.
1: My real name, the Jeremy. Don't hear that very often.
0: I ain't going to put your last
1: name on here yet. It's <laughs> fine. You can do um, it. We're, we we got to hone it up to it, man. Yeah. It, it it like it's weird
0: when I say jeremy I d I don't I don't it like how that right. came. It doesn't came feel right out. me hearing it. Yeah, I don't like that. But nonetheless, this has been great. Um I you know, although I've 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 known a lot, I've learned a lot, and uh you know, excited to continue learning more as this podcast continues to develop and turn into exactly what we want it to be.
1: I feel like we've and learned a lot more about each other doing this than we ever have living together, so
0: well, this forces us to talk it, about it does. things. This forces us to shit. talk and not just play NCAA or
1: Madden. Yeah,
0: true. <laughs> Which we can use that as well. So yeah. with that, I have been J-Dog. I've been host co-hosted with Sammy the Shark. Scooter was here per usual. Y'all have been amazing. May the beer be with you and also with your souls. We love you. Mwah.